I will call this meeting to order at 5.04 p.m. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Greg Town and I will act as uh, the clerk for this hearing. Um, I do wanna let those who are watching or those who are public know that quorum for this meeting is four members of council. Um, and that two members of council that are not participating this evening have recused themselves to avoid the perception of, of bias. I will, the first order of business is to call for the election of a chair. I will well, ask I are there any members of council interested in serving as chair? Great, uh, Mr. Town, um, I should just correct you. There's actually five members of council, uh, four okay. councilors and one mayor. That, that, that's true. There are five participating, but four is the minimum for quorum. Okay, thank you. And you were saying two members of council have recused themselves to avoid the perception of bias? That's correct. Okay, very good. And you're calling for the election of the chair. I will, are any members of council interested in serving as chair? I will uh, I'll put my name forward. Thank you. Um, I will ask a second time, are any members of council interested in serving as chair? Third and final time, are any members of council interested in serving as chair? Hearing none, uh, Mayor Tarpey, um, I turn the chair over to you. Thank you, Mr. Town. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to advise that this meeting is being recorded and I, I will make the following statement. The purpose of this hearing is to hear an appeal for an order issued under sections 545 and 546 of the Municipal Government Act. The board has received a request for a deferral of the hearing. Uh, the board will now hear statements in support of or in opposition to a deferral. Uh, so those who, uh, um, so the deferral refers to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Town uh, to, to actually postponing this particular meeting. Is that what we're uh, speaking to at this particular point? Or should we, uh, you're not, uh, I can't hear you, Mr. Town. Yep, um, that's correct, uh, Mayor Tarpey. There's really two questions before council this evening. The first being if uh, a deferral is um, to be considered by council. Um, and then if so, or if not, um, the question of the, the order and, and council's um, review of that. Okay, I will. Uh, I will entertain. Uh, I will entertain uh, statements uh, uh, that wish to have a deferral and the reasons for that. Is there anyone in this room that wishes to have a deferral of this particular hearing? Uh, please come forward, Mr. Taylor, and if you can use the microphone. This is just for the deferral. Hello. Uh, we uh, requested uh, basically time uh, with Mr. Town 
in order to get some FOIP requests and get some information on the facts that actually happened in the, in the aftermath of the fire uh, recently. Um, uh, Mr. Town informed us that that's just not possible. The, the, the ship is in motion and um, we can ask for a deferral. At this point, I don't see any, uh, you know, we're all collected here together. I think we should just go forward. So okay. I, uh, I uh, take back the, the request for a deferral. Yeah, we, we, we never really asked for it. Uh, deferral. Uh, he suggested that's what we do because we're saying, well, it takes time to get a FOIP request and get information. We we feel we need to be armed to uh, to defend this. So, um, like I say, that's not able to happen. So we'll uh, we'll go forward without taking this. Okay, very good. Um, I uh, I won't bother then uh, since you're. Uh, Taking back the request for a deferral, we will, uh, we we will, uh, we we will uh, move on. So, um, to the order of business, which is to uh, deal with the uh, the appeal for an order issued under sections five four five and five four six of the Municipal Government Act. So. <clears throat> All persons giving oral presentations today are to clearly state their name for the record and to keep their presentations uh, uh, succinct and brief uh, where possible. So uh, the order in our order of business, we will have administrative staff uh, come forward and speak to the order and uh, why I'm assuming that administrative staff will want to uh, to speak to why the uh, the appeal is going uh, should be upheld. Who from uh, administration will be uh, speaking to this? I'll be speaking to this, uh, uh, Your Worship. Can everyone hear Mr. Uh, Parker? He's coming in quite lightly on my. Okay, uh, I'll speak up a little bit. How's that? A little better? Is yes, that... I think so. Okay, sorry, I was just uh, mumbling there a little bit. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, so with that, um, before uh, the board council, we have a request for decision um, and it is to uh, uphold the uh, order that was presented. So a little background uh, for council. Uh, the first thing is, is that the, the town and the RCMP have responded to approximately 20 complaints concerning this property since 2017. They range from uh, derelict buildings, trespassing, excessive noise, disturbing the peace, weeds, buildings on the property not being secure and containing asbestos. We've had reports of shots fired and the overall unsightliness of this property. On May 4, 2020, there was a fire at the property. Following the fire, the fire chief provided a report which state that the buildings on the property are unsecure and in a state that created a danger to public and nearby residents. The report is on page six um, of the package that we have presented. RCMP have continued the investigation and we do not have their report as of yet as to the cause of, uh, or just their report. Page 52 of the package, the, the board members can see the current conditions of the building. 
And as you can see, they're quite decrepit right at this moment. On page 47, you can see the seven or the, the 10 locations where the fence had been breached for easy access to the property um, and need to be rectified. On May 19th, I wrote the owner uh, shown on the certificate of title, advising that I was considering the possibility of issuing an order under section 546 of the Municipal Government Act. The letter provided notice of possible items to be included in the order. The letter was also sent to the persons listed on the title claiming some of the interest in the property. Page, page 10 of this report is the letter. In response to the letter, Mr. Brent Taylor wrote advising that he did not have care and control of the property. Ms. Blankenship was the person who had care and control. Ms. Plazer wrote advising that Mr. Taylor does not have control of the property and asked that an order not be issued. And Mr. Will Taylor also wrote advising that he did not believe that an order should be issued. I have not heard from Ms. Blankenship or her lawyer. Since the, the May 19th letter, no one has taken steps to address any of the concerns listed in the letter, nor made arrangements to deal with the question of the unsightliness or the question of the structural stability of the buildings. So on June 24th, after having considered the submissions, included the submissions of ownership and control, I issued an order under section 546 of the Municipal Governor. The order was issued to Magnum Office Inc, previously known as Gents Cochran Properties. Brent Taylor and Gabriel Blankenship via her solicitor, Pat Kerwin of Kerwin LLP. The order was sent to Brent as the director of the registered order. The corporation is the registered owner and is struck from the corporate registry. Ms. Blankenship has equal equitable ownership, but she's not registered on the title. I served both of them so that I could catch both the legal and the equitable owner. The order, which is on page 32, requires the recipients no, date, no later than seven days from the date of the order to, one, obtain a report from a qualified engineer licensed to practice in the province of Alberta, advising as the structural integrity of the two remaining structures on the property, and provide a copy of that report to the town of Peace River. Uh, Mr. Parker, which page is the order on? Uh, the order is on page 32, I believe. Uh, I uh, sorry, don't no, 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 sorry, it is on page 34. 34 or 35? Th uh, 34 I have here. Wait. Uh, if I can ask the recording secretary, is this? That is the order, sir, page 35. 35, sorry. I apologize about that. Um, and it says delivered to, there's a blank space, and then it says and to Brent Taylor, and yes. to blank space, and then it goes, dear sir, Matt. Yeah, we, uh, due to FOIP, we took out all the um, email addresses and any uh, 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 pr um, proper addresses there. So, uh, after that, to uh, follow any recommendations contained in the report, remove the rubble from the burned building, and erect a proper fence around the property to prevent access, and to remove on-site waste, including the, the removal of weeds. The order advised that in the event they did not comply with this order within the specified time period, the town would hire a professional engineer registered 
with the Association of Professional Engineers and Geoscientists of Alberta, APEGA, commonly known as, uh, to provide the town with this report. As outlined above, the costs and including the legal costs incurred by the town in hiring the professional engineer will be at the sole expense and cost and would be placed on the tax roll of the property in accordance with the provisions of the Municipal Government Act. Our initial estimate is around approximately $4,700 for the engineer report. However, these costs could increase depending on the conditions. On June 30th, 2020, Mr. Taylor appealed the order. And as of tonight, he has uh, subsequently withdrawn that appeal. No, he, he's maintaining the appeal. I'm oh, sorry, he I mean, maintaining the appeal. Withdrawn yeah. his request for a different. Correct. So, um, yeah. the. I have issued an order after hearing all the uh, notice to the parties and having received the information from Brent Taylor that he was disclaiming any interest or control in the properties. The properties remain unsecure. The fence is not secure. The buildings remain open should anyone go into the, the site and the rubble from the fire remains on the site. Concerns which led to the issuance of the uh, order remain unaddressed. And after seeing that the building is not secure and allowing for easier access, uh, the town will be seeking an addition to the order to board up and secure the two remaining facilities, including the first and second floor of the main building, along with the second uh, storage facility within seven days. Um, in seven days, so what within seven days of the issuance of the order, which was uh, as, uh, June of 24th? Correct, but what will happen here is I would assume if um, I'm, I'm requesting the board to actually add this addition to it and um, they can actually pick this, the amount of time to physically have the buildings boarded up in the fence um, completely um, taken care of. Okay. Um, did I, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mr. Parker. Did you have anything else to add? No, uh, you have the complete package uh, to review. If you need me, if you want to ask questions later on down the line, I'd be more than happy to respond. Okay, very good. <clears throat> I will uh, now ask for those who, those speaking in favor of appealing the order to uh, uh, to come forward and uh, and if they can if they or he or she can uh, state clearly state their name for the record and their uh, their interest in this particular order. <clears throat> Hello, um, my name is Brent Taylor. Uh, I have had an interest in this property for over 16 years. Um, Trudy Pleasure uh, is here with me and she also has an interest in the property. Um, I, I would like to, I guess, enlighten the council who hasn't been here for 16 years of what uh, what in fact that is a, a little bit of history of our own. Um, I have really only experienced um, opposition to the development uh, 
with two different sets of partners uh, with many barriers. Uh, council has uh, always been called upon to answer to orders and then decay the property such as today uh, when there's a, a development application has been met with uh, much resistance um, and typically as, uh, as council looks at this um, it's it's an enforcement mode and it, it seems the forestry is tainted uh, and, and I'm tainted as a rebel absentee property owner um, and, and so council gets to see this through a lens of strategic complaints and controversy. The fact is uh, that this property has been through four complete concepts over my, in my experience with two separate investing groups. The uh, participants, um, investing participants, each, each plan for the property is uh, better and more sophisticated and much more engineering added to. And, uh, and after suffering all the realities of this conflicted parties uh, acting against these developments and, 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 and being faced with you know, angry town bureaucrats imposing impossible conditions, um, basically from malicious and biased complaints, we, we have nothing left except for the sale of this property, which was ordered by, uh, by uh, the court four years ago. Today, I would like to give you all a glimpse of the tremendous body of work that has been invested into this latest vision. Um, I won't leave it with you, but I will show you that uh, this vision is, it has been stalled uh, for the litigation to be complete uh, with the American partners. And, and since, uh, since then, um, Ms. Gabriel Blankenship has been, um, asked or required, I guess, by the court to, to deal with the liquidation of the property or um, to settle all of all matters uh, in, in, in claims on the property. That still hasn't happened. And what, what, so where we sit now is I, I do understand the frustration of the town. I think this property was vacant for several years before I came on the picture and it's been vacant ever since. And and we look at seeing it vacant for a long while longer. For the last four years since, uh, since the order of the court, no, nothing has been able to happen to this property because my hands are tied. And uh, the, the, the painful fact is that there's not enough equity in the property to satisfy the, the, the complainants. And, and so if... If you wish, I will offer you each of the binder to peruse while Trudy will um, talk to, uh, to the orders. I, I have four copies, uh, perhaps five copies of it here. Very good. Okay. Um, so I will pass those out and hand the mic to Trudy. Ms. Blazer, I, I, I think I don't, I don't uh, recall Mr. Taylor actually uh, mentioning your last name for the record, but uh, I may have missed that. So, uh, uh, for the record, could you just mention your name and uh, and uh, perhaps even a short, short note as to your interest in the problem? Yes, I will. 
uh, your worship, counselors, and uh, people who are joining us online. My name is Trudy Plasier, and I'm before you today to show you why the order put before you today was rushed and why it does not, I believe, satisfy requirements of the Municipal Government Act. I'll provide you a background and overview of the property situation. And I'll show you how the property could become a tremendous asset to the town if handled differently. I'm a property owner, a taxpayer and investor in Peace River, which is my birthplace and my lifelong home and I've raised my own family here. I want you to know that I voted for each person who sits here in front of me on this council in high hopes of an improvement from the oppressive treatment I witnessed from prior councils. I expect and trust each council member to hear my words and my position openly. From the perspective of a peer who could sometime find themselves caged into a similar situation. I think the councillors have an obligation to hear and represent their voters' positions fairly, not allow their staff or any other individual with undue influence who abuses the town's complaint system and mechanism to exert control and drive decisions. It's a shame, in my opinion, to see how much municipal resources and priority from council and staff alike gets diverted to satisfying complaints from a single source as if there's no choice but to satisfy that complainant. Be clear, I'm not creating a problem. The problem is here, I'm calling it. First of all though, some background. Brent Taylor came to Peace River in 2004 specifically to develop this property and the third mission building in which he was the action half of a two person business partnership where the other was strictly a financial partner. The third mission heritage suites as well was well received by the town with a reward for the best architectural improvement in town that year. Brent demolished two structures on the forestry property, rented spaces to other businesses and renovated another structure to house out of town tradesmen during 2006 and seven in the construction of the first Nova Hotel, simultaneously the Nova Apartments and many private residential projects. Activity continued on preparing development plans and presenting plans to the town and public in open houses and events. After multiple unanswered or stonewalled development advances to town council and many observed absurd attacks such as stock orders on temporary leases previously deemed as allowed and other unprovoked issues, the financial partners partner withdrew their support in developing the property, which was then relisted for sale. An owner of a neighboring property who had missed the opportunity to purchase the forestry property himself quickly interfered with all advances to develop the forestry property and as acting mayor of the day, he contacted Brent's partner, soured the partnership with the misinformation that the property was undevelopable and that Brent was not competent, eventually causing their partner to retract his interest in the, in the project. That partner wanted out and the property was listed for sale in 2007. Among the offers for the property at that time was one very low one from this 
mayor who lived next door. He offered to purchase the lands using a numbered company rather than his name. Within this offer, he threatened that if the offer was not accepted, he would make it impossible to ever develop the property because it would be bombarded with maintenance orders and the town would insist on hazmat remediation that would render the value useless. True to the threat, every year he has made complaints and demands for hoarding, fencing, um, persist, which is persistently damaged by vandals, which has been repaired many times, uh, for weed control, even though it's out of public sight. Um, the purchase offer demanded an engineering study, building removal, including asbestos mitigation, using almost exactly the same words that we find in today's order. The town sent maintenance crews into the property just ahead of our own on two occasions and billed $6,000 to the tax bill. Brent had to appear in court on one occasion for fines that would have amounted to $250,000 for maintenance complaints had not the judge of that hearing seen the absurdity of the charges. The offer that was chosen at that time was from an American group who wanted to develop the property and also wanted Brent to stay on as half owner to manage the design and project management. Their original offer was halved to purchase only 50% of the property to pay out the original partner and maintain Brent as a 50% partner with his existing equity. The new company was called Jenks Cochran Properties Limited by the partners as they were from Jenks, Oklahoma and Brent was from Cochran, Alberta. This was in late 2007. Brent and his group carried out a geotechnical slopes engineering study to establish top of bank setbacks, preliminary civic, civil uh, infrastructure engineering work, transportation study, all of which are on file with the Mackenzie Planning Commission. On April 11th, 2008, a request, a formal request for a decision was submitted on behalf of the owner by the CAO of the day to the new council of the day after the mayor was defeated. Council approved a development permit for development of 198 condos, conditional upon acceptance of the Jacques Whitford study, which was the geotechnical study. Immediately after the development permit was approved, the defeated mayor, a former public official with a pecuniary interest in acquiring the property spoke against the project. He circulated a petition among the neighborhood urging people to voice opposition to development using the misinformation that the development was for mobile homes instead of modular buildings and stating that water, sewer and transportation infrastructure was inadequate for the increased population density in the area. On June 9th, 2008, the petition was brought before the council and the development permit was rescinded. Council then found the Jacques Whitford study deficient and revoked the development permit due to the misinformation distributed with this local petition against the development. Um, the mayor himself also attended the meeting of council and voiced opposition to development. So the, the developer Brent was defeated by insurmountable costs of town orders originating from this person's malicious actions, including targeting the property for unsightly maintenance and growth issues with complaints. Uh, this person participated 
personally through the unraveling while continuing a series of complaints to the town causing extensive unreasonable orders emanating from the town. A FOIP request that we made in 2016 revealed that 34% of all orders um, the town issued for weeds or unsightly property were singularly directed at this property, all originating from the same person. These unfortunate events derailed the development partnership that unraveled through painful litigation for all excuse me, all stakeholders. Meanwhile, the American financial partners were bankrupted from unrelated business dealings in Oklahoma and stopped funding the arrangement that allowed Brent to continue developing the plans and engineering for the property. That mayor again interfered in the business partnership and allowed him involved himself in a lawsuit that entangled Brent against his partner's investor. This mayor was present in the Edmonton courtroom during the litigation hearing, having been instrumental in feeding Brent's opponent misinformation and eventually winning their case after over two years of struggle. Brent was characterized as oppressing the financial partner and enriching himself from her efforts. Neither could be farther from the truth. The former investor was repeatedly invited to visit the property, which she has never seen, become involved and understand the development plan. Brent and his brother and myself put all of ourselves, all of ourselves in financial harm's way to maintain the taxes and keep up with maintenance as best we could when not a dime of income ever came to Brent or any of us as a result of participating in this property. This property and the stance that the town has taken against its development serves as an embarrassment for past councils of Peace River governance. The municipal development plan is clearly in favor of developing this property, yet uh, the former mayor was able to destroy two former development entities interfering with misinformation between developing stakeholders, stonewalling town applications, instigating unreasonable town orders and litigation under untidy and sightly premises complaints singularly focused on the property. While blocking any attempt of development or use of the property, the tax levies have been charged as commercial throughout and multiple appeals to redesignated that to vacant property were denied. To add to this long and tragic story, Gabriel Blankenship, the plaintiff who claims to have been hurt by Brent was awarded control of the property. She was directed by the court to sell the lands and distribute the proceedings according to the encumbrances on the property, keeping the remainder for herself. This mechanism is, of course, how I and others expect to be repaid for our investments in the lands. At this point, however, there is unlikely to be enough to go around for all of us. This property represents a huge drain of money and energy for more than a decade. To add to all the injury already heaped upon us, now there has been a fire and no insurance coverage to help us out. The large warehouse garage that burned was solid 10 inch concrete block construction built to excellent specifications in the 1960s by the government of Alberta with a structurally sound shell that was the centerpiece segment of the area restructuring plan that Brent developed. We've learned that the fire was extinguished and the structure, structure was demolished the same night. We believe there was no reasonable argument for destroying the building. 
The main building was completely intact and untouched by the fire as there was a four hour firewall with a parapet between the main building and the addition which experienced the fire. This building was structurally sound and never intended, to, it never was intended to be demolished according to our planning. The building stored a warehouse of parts, documents, moldings, tools, and other assets, and it was not a threat to any surrounding property. The only unsafe condition was caused by releasing asbestos material in an unauthorized demolition without proper abatement protocols. Emergency services enjoys the discretion to overlook these protocols in an emergency situation to save life and limb. However, this fire was not a threat. Any fire professional knows a four-hour masonry firewall will and did protect the main portion of the building, and ordering it all to be destroyed was unnecessary and a bad call. In the very least, it would have been appropriate to talk to the owner for him to salvage all assets from the building if the entire building was burned, and it was not. The remediation of this rubble is now all contaminated with asbestos and the entire building will need to be handled as hazmat material because of this unwarranted move. This cost diminishes the value of the property in the neighborhood of a quarter million dollars, where if proper protocols of releasing the zone light from the block cavities were performed, it could have been only about $20,000. It was never our intention to demolish that building. We had a plan to incorporate its structure into a condo building as shown in our area redevelopment plan, which is in the binder that you people in the room have a, a chance to look at. We were not contacted at that time nor afterward until we received a letter from Christopher Parker asking for information before he wrote an order and he required it within three days. Brent and his brother wrote extensive detailed explanations of our situation. There is no evidence to show that Mr. Parker read or considered any of it because he issued a letter a few days later that seems to be an order. This brings me to my belief that the order has been wrongly applied. Firstly, we are confused as to how Brent could be named the responsible party, having been relieved of the control of ownership of the company by a court order. We are responding out of desperation because we care about the property and we care about the possible consequences of a complete loss of our collective investment and energy into this property. We believe that Ms. Blankenship is the person who should be held accountable if there are, action, if there are actions to be taken at this juncture. Secondly, my reading of the materials suggests that the process is misapplied. The first letter of May 19th from Christopher Parker contained an invitation to supply information as he considered writing an order and offered a three-day response window. As already shown, Brent and Will Taylor responded immediately with detailed explanations, including photographs of the hazards evident in the destroyed property. Brent contacted Occupational Health and Safety, knowing full well that he personally would have likely faced charges if he had destroyed that building without mitigation efforts. So he requested an investigation about the release of asbestos during the demolition that was conducted so hastily and without consultation. And I've, um, I have attachments. I'm just gonna share the screen here one moment. Um, 
Let's see. Okay, this is, I, I want to show attachments one, two, and three. Now they're, they're not all. Attachment one is, is that first letter saying, and it's already been referenced by Mr. Parker in Mr. Parker's presentation. This is where um, he refers to uh, requiring a qualified engineering report on the existing buildings uh, that the town will, will uh, do it if we don't erect a proper fence and remove the on-site waste, including removal of weeds. Um, it's three letters or three, three days. It was written on the 19th. Uh, he needed something by the 22nd. He said, I, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to me in writing and explain why this order should not be issued. Now we did that, I believe. Um, Brent wrote a, a letter clearly explaining the, the, the legal situation um, and the, the frustration of being having um, control of the property taken away from him. If I could direct those that are in council to please switch the screens to the alternate, that's what's showing on the viewer. Okay, sorry about that. I didn't realize people couldn't see it. Um, Brent has responded to the fire and the building demolition. Uh, we were not given any information whatsoever. The first we saw was um, what was published on, this, on uh, the website today, along with this meeting agenda, the, uh, the fire marshal or the fire chief report was there. And that's the first time it's been offered to us to look at it. We did request it under a FOIP request now it's public information and we're seeing it for the very first time. Um, just before we came to this meeting, we don't even have a printout of it. So um, that, that's one of the things that I'm talking about when I say this whole thing was rushed. Um, in here, Brent also uh, refers to each of those points um, with reasons why there shouldn't be an order an order shouldn't be a response. In attachment three, Will Taylor, who is a quality control, um, a quality control manager in usually in an oil field setting, um, was one of the people involved in the property, he's Brent's brother, and uh, had, he explains in his response how a a whole, a great deal of work has already gone into uh, an asbestos mitigation study and report and, uh, and the beginning of it in the main administration building was uh, going on in 2016, just before the litigation took place. So it was, that effort was abandoned uh, when it became evident that the property, the control of the property was going to um, possibly be taken away. So I'm going to go back to, do I go back to my own screen here now? Let's see. Um, 
Oh, stop share. Okay. So now Mr. Parker stated that he had carefully considered those submissions, and yet he said exactly the same demands in his follow-up letter on June 24th, attachment four, which I believe is already in your package because that's the one that is being called the order. Um, it seemed again to be a letter, but it used the order, the word order later in the body, the time frame for the five onerous demands, including removal of the rubble of the burned building. And if you haven't seen it, and most people have never been up there, the rubble from that destroyed building is in chunks as big as my car. Like it's not a small demand to clear up the rubble from a large brick building that was knocked down by large equipment. Uh, the time frame to remove the rubble of the burned building was set at seven days. The Municipal Government Act, Section 546.0.1, states that the order may state a time within which the person must comply, otherwise the municipality will take action at the expense of the person. I have noted that the Municipal Government Act, Section 548.1, further states that the person may appeal to the Court of Queen's Bench if the decision of counsel is patently unreasonable, in quotation marks, which this time frame certainly is, and which should be taken into account by counsel tonight. Thirdly, the letter stated that we could request a, quote, review by the Peace River Town Council if we did so within seven days. We requested that re review and uh, I, I don't know if I need to show attachments five and six, but uh, we've certainly been doing our homework and put a lot of effort into this. Um, maybe I will just, let's see, view of glimpse. I forgot what I was doing, share screen. Okay, attachment four is the order. Will Taylor, um, uh, just some of his words, we are after our comprehensive response weeks ago to your previous correspondence, amazed at the urgency you've placed on cleanup order, instructing others, uh, that is not the municipality, for the mitigation of the destructive damage caused by the town of Peace River to a structure on the property that formerly had potential of being repurposed by a developer. So we, we strenuously Ms. Ms. Pleasure, uh, if I could just interject for a sec. Um, we're not seeing that attachment pop up. I don't know. Sorry, did I do the wrong thing? Here? No, I, I it's see it here. screen uh, sharing. It's, it's on the alternate. Uh... Yeah, for those of us virtually, um, it's kind of a tricky one where I think since you brought up a new screen by opening it, you may have to stop sharing and then find the file and then reshare it. Okay. So, um, I'll go to share screen. I should know how to do this. I've been doing this all semester at school. Yeah, it it's kind of treats each classroom. file as a screen almost. So you need to point it in the right direction. Can you see the, the screen, the list? Not yet. Uh, not yet. I'm sorry. I. I'll, I'll just talk about these. It will be faster if I just talk about them. Okay.
hopefully uh, Dr. Hines or whoever she is, our public yeah, health officer didn't see that <laughs> non-physical distance distancing. Uh. It was up for a second and then it disappeared again. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to it okay. with, uh, sure. without showing. So um, we requested that review. So what I, I'll just uh, go back to that. The, the letter stated that we could request a review by the Peace River Town Council, which we did with, if we did so within seven days. We responded um, that we would like to have a review thinking it would be an opportunity to explain the situation to council members and we also requested that neutral parties be present, including legal counsel. But we were told that the MGA does not allow for that. And that's one of the responses. Again, um, by this time we were corresponding with Greg Town when we um, asked for a review. I made the request for a review on June 30th, asking for input into the date and time to allow us time for adequate preparation and received a response the same day that council could meet us tonight, July 7th. My response went to Greg Town immediately after the candidate break, day break so that on the morning of July 2nd, he knew that we could not meet this timetable for tonight and still needed input into a meeting date. On July 3rd, he publicly posted the date and said it could not be changed. I feel that my fundamental right to participate in a decision as straightforward as planning a mutually acceptable meeting date was violated. So we are here tonight after all with an all-nighter um, getting ready to decide uh, how we would like to approach this. Not only is the meeting date a point of contention in my view, this review in quotation marks is now being termed an appeal in quotation marks. I note that the MGA reserves the word appeal for the next step with the Court of Queen's Bench following a council decision. The switch in terminology used here is confusing and I believe it is misused. It was suggested to me by Greg Town that we request an adjournment of the appeal hearing. I submit, however, that this is not my request at all because the MGA has been misapplied to prematurely create an order and force an appeal hearing. I believe we need to start over by canceling the order and beginning a dialogue in the form of inform informal meetings to candidly share information. The council may choose cancellation as one of their four options as set forth in part seven of the terms of reference for appeal hearings and section 5471 of the Municipal Government Act. Please be clear that we have not contravened any municipal law by the fact that a pile of rubble now creates a problem on our property. That demolition was ordered and carried out without due diligence by others. So it is not our contravention and we cannot in any case be held responsible for the cost of its removal. Fourthly, I have a terrible feeling that once this process has been initiated with an order, there's no turning back to ordinary meeting and discussion. Yet that opportunity was not allowed for us. This entire interaction started with an order. We clearly asked to meet with council and impartial parties of our choosing to show our plan and provide the necessary background. 
which I've attempted to do uh, in this brief time. We hope we can still retrieve the situation to inspire the town to embrace the concept of the inclusive community, to study the area structure plan that Brent has put hundreds of hours of creative effort into in spite of all the setbacks. You will be truly amazed at the mix of housing, a convenience store, recreational facility, park areas and bus loop contained in this plan. You will see the application of current architectural standards for energy efficiency, accessibility, for all parking requirements, yard setbacks, streets, sidewalks, and lighting. The plan involves geothermal heat loops for energy efficiency and a reconstructed roadway with bus loop and emergency access road and walk trail connection to the south. The current deterioration of the property has always been out of our control, but we would love to show the town a model of what it could be. Investors have been standing by who are only waiting for the town to give its blessing to a beautiful development to be proud of. We also want to see the property first restored to a safe space, but ordering Brent Taylor to do it alone serves no purpose. He can't, we can't, and no amount of ordering will change that. We urge the council to step away from this order slash appeal process and talk. I've given you an overview of our history with the property, but I urge you to cancel the order and start a new discussion. Please consider scheduling a new meeting where we may properly provide all the relevant information. We have initiated FOIP requests for the following relevant documents from the Town of Peace River. All complaints made against the forestry property since 2016 and to the present date. The RCMP fire investigation of the May 2nd, 2020 fire at the South Warehouse. Now I did speak with the RCMP yesterday and that report may be forthcoming. Uh, the fire department report about the May 2nd fire and subsequent demolition of property on May 2nd and May 4th, 2020, which I've just now seen in the documents published today. A structural engineering report, which was whatever structural engineering report was used to determine the need for the demolition of the fire damaged building. A hazmat report from May 2nd and 4th, including occupational health and safety protections that were provided against asbestos exposure for the demolition operators who were on the scene. A current assessment of specific danger to surrounding property, including uh, dangers to trespassers and vandals. The Occupational Health and Safety Post-Fire Investigation Report and Future Recommendations for Hazmat Mitigation. This is a report we requested from OHS that was conducted, but the results were withheld from us. That's one of our fourth requests. It was given to the town um, and we were told we couldn't see it. Uh, any, and finally, point any other documents or reports containing information about perceived hazards or risks to trespassers, vandals, or anyone in the surrounding community. We have spoken with our lawyers and we're opening a file with the Ombudsman in case we need to be prepared for negative outcomes. Our clear preference is a positive relationship with the Town of Peace River in all aspects of the future of this property. I love this town, 
So finding myself in conflict is terribly disheartening and it's a huge disillusionment. I don't believe it has to be this way. I want to participate participate in something positive and wonderful that was started years ago by Brent, that's been suppressed by officials ever since. Thank you. Thank you, is that the- uh, That's my presentation. Presentation. Um, well, uh, we'll ask some questions of you. I will uh, start. Sure, some of the other counselors have questions. So, um, but first, I'll ask Mr. Parker what uh, what were the reasons for issuing the order? Thank you very much, uh, Your Worship. Uh, it, when we were uh, brought to the attention of the decrepit condition of the property, um, we looked at the the facilities, the the report that was given by the fire department. Uh, the dangerous nature of it, uh, it up the the process of, of doing that. If you, if council would like to look at uh, page literally, and you can look at yourself the facility. Uh, if maybe if the clerk can bring it up, uh, uh, the the actual uh, page fifty two of the images of the buildings right now. I can actually walk you through it, and you can see why, um, you know, it's it is a dangerous uh, uh, situation right there. Did you want me to show those on my on my screen? Yeah, no. fine. If you 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 would do it on that. Nope, anyway, we've already got it. So this right here, this picture right here, this is one of the outbuildings. Uh, when we arrived onto the scene, the door was opened. It's been open for a while. Um, the next picture over. This is the same building, and as you can see, uh, these two pictures. This is where uh, they originally probably broke in. Again, the facility has not been uh, secured. And then they uh, went rummaging through uh, the facility. Next picture is please. This is the actual main building right here. And as what will happen is, is I'll start from the very top right over. Uh, the very top part of the building onto the um, uh, very top left-hand picture. In the uh, far uh, left-hand side, uh, there's a section where people can break in. All the windows on the top level have been smashed either in or out. There's glass completely all around the facility. Um, and it goes right from one end of the building to the other. As you get down to the bottom right hand picture, uh, that is the main board that goes right into the main building. Uh, um, it looks like the individuals that actually uh, broke into the facility started using the top part of the building and then to get out, they smashed through the bottom part here. And then you can see some of the materials that have been thrown uh, in the front of the property. Can you go to the next pictures, please? You can continue down the front of the building here and you can see more buildings or uh, windows are smashed. And even what's happening is they start removing the um, boards in the bottom and the windows are smashed. I can only assume, I have not uh, actually looked at this, I can only assume that inside, down in the, the main floor, all the windows are smashed, hence there would be glass there. Um, that's why we've asked for a building inspector to come on in, because what would happen here is when you have water now coming into a facility like this, water damage uh, causes rot, could cause problems to the floor itself. Now, if people are having unfettered access to this building, uh, you can have people falling through floors, injured. Uh, we don't know what 
basically uh, this building, uh, uh, if it's structurally sound or not. If you uh, carry on down, uh, this is the back of the building. And again, the, the facilities are, uh, the windows are all smashed. And as you can see the ladder there, that's how originally it looks like the individuals had uh, obtained access to the facility. And uh, then they smashed through the windows and then started going through the, the whole building itself. Um, in 2017, we started the process of having the top level um, basically uh, completely boarded up. And uh, as you see in some of the, uh, the very first email from 2017, Mr. Taylor says he's not responsible for the site. So uh, it was very difficult to even to get the top level of the facility uh, uh, actually boarded up. Uh, carry on down there, please. Uh, actually, I would like it if you could go to page 47. So when we did a drone view of the, of the property, we had identified 10 locations where the fence has been breached. So giving unfeathered access to these uh, buildings and the property. And if you see right now uh, on this overhand picture, you will see on the far bottom lower left hand section, that is where the uh, building that was um, on fire uh, had the incident and then uh, it's torn down in the rubble. So now you've got a pile of asbestos, you have a pile of, uh, you know, there's some barrels that were there. Um, uh, we don't know if there's any chemicals in the barrels, we'll assume they're empty, but we don't know for sure. If you uh, move up, uh, next picture here, what you're gonna see is you're gonna just see, basically the, there's some cases we just have little gaps uh, rips in the in the fence, and if you carry on down, you can see huge sections of the fence missing, uh, and it looks like not only like vehicle traffic almost looks like it has gone through, but you can see that uh, there's definite foot pattern and foot uh, tra traffic, uh, and because this these pictures were taken very recently, um, you can see that uh, it's uh, currently individuals right now are going to this property. Hence, um, they're going to a very dangerous and an unsightful situation. Uh, another sections, as you can see, completely removed. Huge sections, and you can go to the next picture. And again, a couple of other big gaps in the holes all the way up to just uh, the poles have been removed so that you can just lift up the um, actual fence itself. And as you can see, right in this picture here, definite foot traffic and then going through the hole. So um, like I said, we've received 20 different complaints about this property, about individuals uh, going into it. And uh, hence, now that we are aware, and, and this definitely gives us current pictures that individuals are accessing this property, the building structure itself is not uh, uh, secure. Uh, it's basically what's called attraction to danger and uh, it is a major liable situation. So if we do not act on this, the town could be um, held responsible because we did not act upon this. Therefore, that was the purpose of issuing the order. Waiting for a couple of weeks was, um, is, is, is not acceptable. And uh, personally, I'd like uh, not to be argumentative, but I... I understand and I appreciate the presentation that was done, 
but to talk about the issues of why the order was issued and the facility itself, I don't under, I, I have not heard anything myself this evening to say, hey, the order uh, is not valid and uh, shouldn't move forward, uh, especially when you see the conditions. So if I can summarize, Mr. Parker, you're saying it's a safety hazard and uh, the, the town uh, carries a degree of liability, uh, possibly large liability if we, uh, we permit this uh, condition to uh, continue. That is definitely correct, Your Worship. Um, I will ask the appellants, uh, do you agree that the building poses a safety hazard? Uh, yes, uh, you know, I, I concede that uh, these buildings have been vandalized uh, ever since uh, I arrived on site and, you know, up to um, uh, three, four years ago, whatever it was when, uh, when uh, I was relieved, um, we did patrols there at least every two weeks. And, and I sent employees to deal with the fences, deal with the relocking the doors. And we've lost motorbikes and washers and dryers and tools and, and countless things up there. And, um, it's it's a very remote site and and that you know it's a reality that happens um, at, uh, at at one point we were going to put a suite there in the building that was destroyed so there'd be someone on site all the time but uh, again the, the thing got to, to be so complicated we just couldn't seem to get a, a a a real momentum going to start phase one of anything because it was uh, always uh, you know, thrown back at us. So it, it's been a it's been a real sad story. And I and if I may, um, I I don't question so much the actions that should happen to this property. Uh, the property has been you know vacant uh, for almost twenty years. Um, kids have grown up. We had parties there, and <laughs> and, and and you know. Um, Perhaps the building should be uh, uh, taken down, but the the point is that the the, the land is in, in in purgatory. And my question to you all is, how do you want to proceed as a town? Do we want to watch this for another ten or twenty years and and continue to push um, almost impossible orders or impossible orders against the owner? I, I can tell you now that. We don't have the means to do to deal with these work. We just don't like. So, if not us, who? Perhaps you should. Uh, by the way, I actually asked a former fire chief if he, if he would do what I've seen happen in Cochrane several times, where they would practice on a building to take it down in a fire drill. Um, he just basically said no because we did want to. You know, we actually started the demolition of the large building um, for preparation for for demolition, we uh, did the whole hazmat uh, removal, uh, you know, sequence of events. We, we did the reports, we took all the ballast and uh, tubes out um, and we were ready for for that. But like I say, the whole thing got taken into a, a purgatory litigation and 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 it, there it sits. So I have no I have no problems on what you're suggesting to, to use whatever town resources to, to take it to the level where you, where you, where you see it being ready and marketable. The, 
at this point, though, I can tell you that there's been a huge delusion of the value of the property with this uh, with this demolition. Honestly, um, what what could have been easily handled. Um, well, it didn't even have to be handled for the demolition of that building, but now it is one hundred eighty-five thousand or one hundred eighty-five dollars a ton that it all needs. That whole rubble pile needs to be treated as asbestos now. Now, that's a, a, a ninety-nine percent assumption because zonal light of the day had asbestos in it. It hasn't been tested that I am aware of, but uh, we're pretty certain that it does have. The asbestos in it, and that's why we were going to encapsulate it in a in, in a in our in our plan. Um, so again, the question is: Do do we want to look at this for another twenty years, or do we want to prepare this for a new investor or a new entity to come and buy the property? Because this. This has gotten us nowhere so far. It's worn out two sets of investors that I've brought to the table and it will continue to do the same to the next person if, if, if this isn't dealt with differently. I had, before the litigation, several people that were ready to commit massive dollars to do this plan that I have in front of you. And I, I don't have the whole plan, which is a joint venture plan. But what I've showed you is the, just the area structure plan. If you look from the back appendices, you'll see that is very complete, um, very doable. And maybe uh, in my mind, if it were adopted as an area structure plan, it would be very marketable. Um, I would love to have a participation in it, but uh, at this point, I just don't have the financial wherewithal to, to, uh, to, to bring it forward. So, uh, I, so, so why are you, uh, so the basis for this order is uh, safety, reliability concerns for the town. Uh, you've said that uh, uh, even if we were to extend uh, it 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, you would not have the, you've admitted here that you don't have the financial resources to, uh, to, uh, to carry yes. out this order. That's right, Your Honor. I, it, it, no amount of time uh, is going to change my financial situation that I can deal with these orders. Um, it, and that's why I, I suggest that this, this order is rescinded and I will gleefully participate with the town on how we can best make it right at, uh, and, and marketable to, to, to the to the right investor down the road, or at least safe, because I don't have the resources to do it. I, I can't. I mean, to, to make me into a criminal that, uh, uh, because I defy an order, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't I can't do it. I don't believe this is a criminal matter. So <laughs> it, it's been tested that way in the past. And uh, okay, very well. But uh, so what you're saying is you don't have the uh, financial resources to carry out the order. Um, the town, uh, the town's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Parker, your, as the administration for the town, your position is that this constitutes a liability, uh, safety risk, and needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Am I correct? That, 
That that is correct, uh, Your Worship. And if 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 um, the um, yeah, it's it's it it needs to be dealt with immediately. And uh, the uh, the people that supposedly own this, uh, although I understand the ownership is somewhat murky, hazy, uh, they have not responded to this order. That is correct, and uh, we, we tried um, various means of uh, getting a response, no response whatsoever. And um, uh, is this property in tax arrears? Uh, it is. How many years? Uh, since and do, how, and do you know how much? 2016, um, uh, I don't know how much right at the moment. Okay, uh, can you give us an order of magnitude? Is it five thousand or is it fifty thousand or is it five hundred? I think close to one hundred thousand. Okay, very good. Yeah, it's actually it's actually more than that, and, and we have maintained the taxes to a far bigger degree in the in the like say in the past sixteen years, since twenty sixteen. It's just overcome, overwhelmed as we can't do it, and so it, just barking up the wrong tree that we we could be required to do this uh, repair. We we've just been eaten up and spit out. Um, and, and the only thing I can offer is a plan forward if uh, the town was uh, uh, interested. Well, I, I don't believe that. Uh, uh, and if the order were to be executed, that, uh, that uh, the possibility of an area structure plan, uh, that it would extinguish the possibility of an area structure plan, the uh, purpose of this hearing was to determine whether the whether this order was legal and was fair uh, your uh, and uh, so we need to determine uh, if this if the administration's uh, position that is that it constitutes a safety and liability risk um, is is a fair assessment um, uh, but uh, I um, and I, I'm not going to presuppose any uh, any judgment uh, by council. I will now uh, allow other uh, councillors to ask questions. Do you have a question or questions, Mr. Scanlon? Uh, sure. I, I'm, this one would be for Mr. Parker. If if um, supposing the order is upheld, um, just so I can sort of you know understand the degree of it all, what what would be the the next steps to be done? So. We, you know, in, in hearing from Mr. Taylor that it's it's not his, he doesn't have the resources to deal with it anyways, even if it was, you know, whatever. So the order's up, uh, you know, upheld. Um, what happens next? Well, the, the first thing is, is uh, uh, they, uh, if the, uh, the order is upheld, we would then fulfill the, the order itself. And when I say we, the town would, and then any costs associated with fulfilling the order would then be put onto the tax roll, so onto the property itself. So just add it onto the hundred plus thousand that's already that sitting on there. So this wouldn't really take anything out of Mr. Taylor's pocket. That is correct. Okay. May I? Yep. In fact, uh, the only the only only possibility of us coming out of this with anything is what that property sells for. And like I say, this 
this recent event has diminished the value of that property by a minimum of $250,000, which is the cost of the mitigation of that released asbestos. And so any further um, actions by the town, which I expect that that's the only way forward, um, really needs to be done with a little bit better planning uh, and a little more discretion on what, how it's gone forward. If there's gonna be anything left for anyone. I mean, there's four other stakeholders in this that would like to see something and not just see it all disappear into taxes. Um, like say the, 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 the bulldozer effect uh, going forward at any cost is, is just, I, I just don't see it. I, I think it's heavy handed. Hopefully next time something happens. <laughs> and and if, well, I, if I could add, uh, Your Worship, basically the first step is actually to get an engineering report on the property and then assess what uh, it needs to be done to, you know, so it might, uh, we, we need that first step though. I can pretty much uh, answer for any engineering on any property there. It's all been detailed to death. Um, if you're interested, um, I can walk you through it and we can make decisions from there how to how to best deal with the safety issues. We will, uh, well, we'll see what we, whether the order is held up or, or is, is, uh, is maintained or varied or uh, rescinded. Any other uh, counselors with questions? Ms. Manzer? Um, just a question about um, the lady, um, Ms. Uh, Gulain, is it? Um, uh, Blankenshaw? Yes. Okay. So, um, how is she not involved in this? She is now the, the owner according to the court system? Well, I, I, I think uh, Mr. Parker should answer that. So, so basically what has happened is the court has ordered the uh, title to be put into her name my understanding, um, it has not occurred. Uh, it has been a while. We, we thought this would happen a while ago. And uh, so there technically she's the legal owner according to the, the courts, but on title is uh, indirectly uh, uh, Jenks, Jens Cochran slash um, Gunshy, sorry, the, uh, the other uh, organization, uh, which uh, Brent Taylor is the, uh, director of. So uh, to help me understand this ownership business, so who who's responsible right now for paying 2020's taxes? Technically, it would be uh, Magnum, which took over for Jens Cochran. Not Ms. Blankenshaw. No. Ms. Blankenshaw has, or at least her uh... Her law, her uh, legal representative has been made aware of this order, correct, Mr. Parker? That is correct. We've been in contact with um, uh, the, the solicitor, her solicitor. Yeah. We have, uh, my, is it correct, Mr. Parker, you have contacted every, every uh, person or corporate entity that uh, you believe could have an ownership interest in this piece of property well not only ownership just uh even stated an interest that was on title okay. so we said you know uh the exact same letters to everybody not ordering it, it basically 
It's just saying, this is what we were considering. That's why we waited for everyone to respond. We tried uh, a couple of different ways to get a response. We didn't get one from Mrs. Blankshire, and then we issued the actual order itself. And the only uh, individual or corporate entity that uh, uh, responded on the order is uh, Mr. Brent Taylor and uh, and or his the firm that he represents. And, and, and Mr. Will Taylor and also um, Ms. Plasier. Okay, very good. Any uh, other questions, Ms. Manser? Uh, Mr. Needham. I, I, I guess lots of observations, but I, we should stick to the questions at hand, I guess. Uh, I'm worried about uh, the access to the site. There's no insurance. Uh, there's people in there whenever, uh, you know, the next fire could be tonight or tomorrow night, uh, and there could be a fatality. Uh, I guess uh, my preference would be to act sooner than later. Um, so again, um, I, I, I see a high risk here. Uh, I, I, I don't see any need to delay this. Uh, obviously, Mr. Taylor is uh, has given up care and control of the building. Uh, he doesn't have the capacity to do what we think needs to be done. Uh, so I, I think we need to move quickly. Just as a side note, Mr. Taylor, I appreciate what you've said and I appreciate what uh, Ms. Plaser has said. I, I see the passion in your voice. I know you've put a lot of time into this project. Uh, 16 years is a long time, but I, I think it's time to move on. Uh, and I guess, uh, just quickly, uh, you do have a dream, and uh, I would also point out that we have at least four subdivisions on our website from other developers in Peace River, and there is no market here. So I, I guess uh, you're you're the gun shy investor, you're the you're the entrepreneur, but Peace River's population hasn't changed in 25 years, and I'm I'm not sure that your dream is actually doable, and I say that in the context of uh, the other vacancies and the lack of growth that we've seen. And there's, that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, I should circle back though, and just as a final point, your worship, there was a mention made to the former fire chief. Uh, Mr. Taylor, I would point out that that, that former fire chief ordered, the, ordered a building demolished north of the Travelers Hotel and pushed it in with a backhoe. And there was a missing person and it was found in that building about a week later. I, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in uh, advice from a former fire chief. Uh, I guess just in closing, I've heard enough, uh, Your Worship. I think we still need to hear from others. So I will uh, end my, uh, end my uh, ramble at this point. Mr. Good, do you have a question? No, no, I don't. Okay, very good. I will uh, now uh, ask, for anyone who, uh, who, who, uh, further to Mr. Uh, Mr. Taylor and uh, Ms. Plasier, who, who uh, would like to speak in favor of, um, well, in opposition of the appeal, uh, I that wants to see the uh, the appeal rescinded or. Changed or modified to uh, to uh, to come forward and speak now. 
I realize uh, you may be either in the waiting room on the Zoom or you may have a written submission. Um, or are there any written submissions from from individuals? But there are. Do they deal with uh, the appeal? I, I well, of course they deal with the appeal. But do they deal with trying to? Uh, uh, are they in, in opposition to the appeal uh, going forward? Your Worship, both submissions that we have received um, support upholding the order. Okay. Um, and uh, so. Can, do we, do they just say we want the order upheld or do we get to hear them or? Well, you we'll read to, them into the record. We, we will read them into the record when we get to that point. We're still in. Uh, we, we're still inviting those who are speaking against uh, the order. And uh, I'm, I'm not hearing or seeing anyone. Um, Ms. Hume, is there anyone in the waiting room? There's not. Okay. Uh, we will now go to, uh, is there any person, uh, are there any persons who, uh, um, are there any persons uh, who feel that they are affected who wish to be heard? Okay, if that person, uh, will uh, come forward and, uh, or that individual come forward. Uh, and if you can put your name into the record, Mr. Monsieur Bergeon. Merci. Uh, your Worship, uh, members of council and administration presence. Thank you for letting me speak today regarding Mr. Taylor's appeal. After hearing about bleeding hearts. Could, could, could I uh, just uh, ask you to read your own name into the record and uh, how you oh, feel sorry. that you're, you're affected. That's right. Okay, sorry. My name is Julian Bergeron. I uh, live at the gates and essentially the greeter for all the trespassers gaining access to the property. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you for letting me speak today regarding Mr. Taylor's appeal. After hearing about bleeding hearts, I wish to inform you of the experience of bleeding ears, eyes, and the loss of peace of mind of the neighborhood surrounding the property in question. I hope that council makes a decision that is in the best interest of their residents as a whole. Members of my household have uh, resided next door to the old forestry at the end of 103rd for over 15 years. During that time, we have seen the condition of not only the buildings, but the entire property devolve to the point of it being dangerous eyesore. Mr. Taylor's motivation and failure to upkeep this property is a direct reflection of his depreciating financial state and lack of investments. The ongoing lack of attention has caused repeat visits to Vitaline Juveniles, as if the property has become an after-hours attraction for opportunities of vandalism, disorderly conduct, uh, trespassing, and as of this year, arson. Over the years, myself along with several neighbors have become accustomed to calling the police complaint line on behalf of whoever owns the property, as they are never present to complain of mischief. However, to no fault of their own, they are simply seldomly managed to catch any trespasses as opportunities to escape are endless since the chain link fence 
has been and is still currently breached in many places. The closed gate itself is the ideal entry point as anyone can effortlessly crawl underneath it if they wish to do so. Members of my household have repeatedly taken it upon herself to approach some of the trespassers to remind them of it being private property, only to be met with aggression and vulgar language. This response simply made us, made us and our neighbors worry of retaliation with vandalism to our own properties. And now we simply do not wish or do not want to approach them anymore. When left unchecked, vandalism then leads to arson, which then leads to who knows what. With the tall grasses, I fear of an outdoor fire on the property, which would threaten many residences. Luckily, the season has been somewhat wet to prevent that this year. The property is extremely unsafe. I can only imagine the amount of broken glass, debris, nails, and other refuse scattered inside the abandoned structures and outside in the remainder of the property. It's only a matter of time before a trespasser gets seriously injured. In Mr. Taylor's defense, sure, it's a trespasser's fault. However, I will argue that Mr. Taylor simply put up a giant everyone welcome sign with his lack of presence and upkeep. I'm very pleased that the Town of Peace River have finally issued a cleanup and stability inspection order. It is a start, and this start should begin immediately. In my personal experience, 15 years shouldn't, should have been ample time to have addressed the issues brought forward to the current property owners and caretakers. I ask council to support the order currently in place. I truly wish that all buildings on the property be demolished sooner than later, and that the Town of Peace River administration and council explore alternative land use for this property. It is evident that the ownership of this property will eventually be the town's. And I, for one, would gladly welcome you of the neighbors for restoration to natural of the once upon a time beautiful property. After listening to Mr. Taylor and Ms. Glazier, I'd also like to add that living next door, despite the mention of there being a lot going on in the background in this great vision, I can tell you that firsthand as living next door, what is actually happening in the foreground is absolutely nothing. And this has been the case for 15 years. Time for change and action is now. We're fed up of the rotating wheel of inaction. As a fire professional myself, I wish to commend the actions of our local fire department for their speedy response to control the fire and then demolish the unsafe structure. As a fire professional, I know that masonry exposed to high heat is subject to cracking and spalding, therefore making the structure unsafe. Thank you, Chief Harris and crew for ensuring public safety and the safety of the guests that make their way into the unsecured buildings and property. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Mr. Bergeron. Any questions for me, Mr. Bergeron? Uh, Mr. Good, Mr. Needham, Deputy Mayor, Mr. Scamahorn. I think you were uh, quite clear in your uh, your your words. Thank you. Uh, is there anyone else in the gallery who wishes to come forward? Uh, there is none, but I understand you have two written submissions. Could you read them into the record, Ms. McQuaig? I do, Your Worship. The first is an email from Ann George received at 9.49 p.m. on July 7, 2020. Hello. I thought I would add my comments for the meeting tonight concerning the old forest rebuilding. I live, and I'm going to redact the address, but it is on 103rd Street to the north of the forestry site. The building is a concern. It is not secured, resulting in much defacement and broken glass. The site itself is also not concerned, secured with teenagers frequenting this site 
as well as, I assume, the homeless. It should all be secured or torn down. It would be nice if this property could be used somehow, though I realize it is probably too costly to safely develop. The second submission of record was received July 7th, 2020 at 1.31 p.m. from Lauren and Phyllis Mann. Thank you for allowing comments from the public with respect to Mr. Taylor's appeal of the order placed upon him regarding the old forestry property. Town Council has been asked to either confirm, vary, or substitute this order. We are in full support of option two, to confirm the order and have the following comments. Mr. Taylor appears to be wanting it both ways. He takes no claim to the property, yet he wants time to prepare for the appeal. Mr. Taylor's ability to do anything suitable for the area of this property are simply dreams and are out of his reach. This has been proven for the last 10 plus years. The town needs to step in and take control. You have our complaints, you know what goes on at this property. Should a worse event than the recent fire occur, like a life lost, the town may have a bigger problem on their hands because you know the property is dangerous. What is surprising from reading the information provided is that despite all of the complaints, there was no involvement by the town from December 2017, when the fire department passed information to administration to the date of the fire, May 2020, despite the complaints that were submitted. Pursuant to the National Fire Code, the town has an obligation to quote, limit the probability that as a result of A, activities related to the construction, use or demolition of the building or facility, the condition of specific elements of the building or facility, the design or construction of specific elements of the facility related to certain hazards, a person in or adjacent to the building or facility will be exposed to an unacceptable risk of injury due to fire. The risk of injury due to fire addressed in this code are those caused by fire or explosion occurring, fire or explosion impacting areas beyond its point of origin, end quote. There is no emphasis, vigilant monitoring of this property and it is not emphasis secured. It is a danger and a disgrace to the residents and neighborhood. Mr. Taylor has had since May 19, 2020 to prepare for responding to this order and he has obviously done so by the extensive dialogues he has provided. Why would the town allow further time to prepare to appeal this order? Mr. Taylor and his brother's threats of asbestos fibers being in the air, we are sure are merely that, threats. And the town's fire department would alert residents in the area if they deemed this to be a hazard to the residents of Peace River. For the town to provide any further time for Mr. Taylor to do a presentation for development of this property is absurd. He has, admitted, he has admitted he has no interest in this land. Why allow him the time and taxpayers expense to proceed with his suggestion to do an extensive presentation? We implore you council members to proceed with implementing this order and bring this property back to its peaceful and once beautiful state prior to Mr. Taylor's involvement with it. The building should be demolished and the land returned to its natural state. Respectfully submitted, Phyllis and Lauren Mann. Very good. And I don't believe there's a, 
any more uh, presentations to be made or uh, or uh, opinions to be voiced. Um, and and I will now uh, I will close the hearing. And uh, upon this closure, uh, um, your, your worship, can I interject quickly? Yes. Um, you may want to allow um, the people that spoke the opportunity for a concluding statement. Okay, very good. Um, um, uh, Mr. Taylor and uh, Ms. Plasier, do you want to uh, make a closing statement? Uh, Mr. Bergeron, do you wish to make a closing statement? And um, I, I see uh, Ms. Mann is on the Zoom meeting. Uh, does she want to make a uh, closing statement? I will assume that uh, silence means no. Um, and, uh, and I don't believe Ms., uh, Ms. George is either on the Zoom meeting or present in the audience. You, you should also allow staff to, if they choose to. Um, well, Ms. Blankenship uh, uh, hasn't made any presentations. No, no I mean uh, administration, like our, our staff. Yes. And uh, do, does town staff wish to make a statement? We have no closing statement. That's what I thought, but Mr. Town insisted that <laughs> following the rules or following the checklist. <laughs> I don't have any questions. Uh, the, uh, so uh, I will now, as I was going to before, close the hearing. And uh, upon the closure of this hearing, the board will not accept any further submissions or evidence from any party. The board will now retire and deliberate. At the conclusions of deliberations, the board, the board shall return to open meeting and conduct a vote on a proposed decision. The board may vote to confirm the order, vary the order, substitute the order, or cancel the order. So um, uh, town council or the board will, uh, will, I will now recess for five minutes and we will, uh, we will allow this room to go in camera and, um, and after the in-camera session, we will open the doors if you want to stick around for, uh, for our verbal decision. I can't promise you exactly when we will come back. Um, I have been in these situations before and we've taken till midnight. And there have been other times where it has only taken a few minutes. So, uh, but if you wish to, uh, if you do wish to be here for the open meeting, uh, I believe that is there some chairs downstairs and benches that people can sit on while they're waiting. Sir, they're welcome to rest in uh, 12 foot Davis boardroom. Okay, very good. Okay. So I will now. Uh, your, your Worship, just one more thing. Um, just to clarify who will be going in camera for deliberations. Uh, the uh, it'll be uh, myself, Mr. Scammerhorn, uh, Ms. Manzer, uh, Mr. Good, and Mr. Needham. And uh, 
Uh, I should ask the councillors if they want uh, legal counsel as part of that. Uh, as part of that, um, or is is that is that proper etiquette, uh, Ms. Stewart Farmer? Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, I am here representing the administration today and not council, so okay. I will be joining you in your in-private session. You, and in you fact, Mr. Be. Parker will not be coming with you either. Yeah, very good, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want Mr. Parker there either. Uh, very good, so we will recess for five minutes and we will uh, come back and go in camera and deliberate yes. on this matter. Just to clarify, Your Worship, we need to end this meeting and then go out and pick up another Zoom link. Uh, yep. That okay. is correct, Council. Fair so enough. if you can come back in about five, 10 minutes, that'd be good. Two minutes is good for me. What time would you like to make that? Um, 6.50, 6.51? Uh, yeah, let's make it 6.50. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, we are reconvening uh, the uh, the uh, Peace River Town Council meeting, and if uh, and I believe uh, you have a motion to make, Mr. Scanlon. Yeah, I will move that uh, council confirms the order. All in favor. Passed unanimously. Uh, do I hear a motion to adjourn the meeting? Mr. Needham, all in favor? That's also unanimous. <laughs>